We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, what is going on? Wednesday, hump day, October the 19th, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. I see Travi, Travis Allen, John Edward, Justin Langford, Gad, M. Colts, Connor Chase, Todd Smith, C. Youngblood, uh, which of course is Chase. Uh, Cody Gaskins, what's going on? Brendan, appreciate you tuning in, my friend. Also those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. We're going to set the vibes right in here. In case y'all did not know. Oh, shit. I'm a big candle guy. Huge candle guy. Very big candle guy. Love a good candle. This candle especially. No free ads, but uh, I don't even know who makes this. The Capricorn candle. The Capricorn candle, because yours truly is a Capricorn. Goat season. Shout out to all my goats out there. The practical goat is what it says on here. The practical goat. So, that sounds about right. Anyways, appreciate you all tuning in. We're going to have my guy, um, Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus on here in just a couple of minutes. Of course, every Wednesday, that's how we start the show, and that's how we'll start it today. Uh, guys, really quickly, before we really dive into everything, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And guys, so many fans of the Spurs Up show, the Daily Crow, everything in between, have been making money and crushing crushing the bookie with prize picks. You can bet all your prop plays from every college sport, NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, you name it. They got it, guys. Again, that is our friends over at prize picks. It's so simple. You just pick a couple players, you pick their totals, what have you, and you go from there. Again, that's prize picks. Go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Okay, let's go ahead and get the link over to our friend Anthony Treesh, and we'll get rocking with him. Very excited to hear what he has to say ahead of this weekend's game against Texas A&M and just what he's seen from the Aggies to this point. Uh, again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Of course, podcast dropped this morning, podcast dropped this morning, episode 716. Uh, of course, Tuesday presser takeaways, 
Best bet for South Carolina A&M. SEC gambling picks for a packed week eight slate. Also, uh, also I touched on R.J. Roderick, Corey Rucker, and his status. Uh, and then, of course, J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports joined me for a fantastic conversation, guys. Highly suggest you check that out. Had a great conversation with him. Had a great time talking ball. Uh, really, really do highly suggest you check that out. Again, guys, as we wait for... Let's see. Oh, Austin War, you were on the wrong day, TDC. 10-20s tomorrow, my guy. 10-20s tomorrow. Um, Joseph says, can we please start spreading the word that we are doing a blackout this Saturday? Well, Joseph, I would spread the word if that were actually happening. Um, we're not doing a blackout. A little birdie has told me what we're wearing, and we're not doing a blackout. I can assure you of that. Um Listen, if the school wants to do a blackout, if the school wants to promote one, so be it. I, I'm not going to go out and die on that ledge and, and, and promote that. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not doing it. Sorry, Joseph, I'm not doing it. So you want to use your platform, your voice to promote people to wear black, that's fine. I, I'm not doing it. Again, if the school doesn't want to do it, if the team doesn't want to do it, if Beamer doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to force it, my guy. I'm not going to force it. Uh, anyways... Anthony Treesh, Pro Football Focus, will join us here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, appreciate you guys. It's been a fantastic week, man. We've been flying by, I feel like. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, guys, be sure to check out our merch, tsus.store. Uh, check it out there. Also, we'll have the koozies, the towels on sale at the tailgate on Saturday. As always, guys, you know the drill. Come on out to Seawells. Spot 78, just to the left of that Seawells building, you, you'll see our TSUS and Big Cock Club flags flying high. In the meantime, hey, every single Wednesday, of course, we have him on. Very excited to get our good friend Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus. Anthony, I'm digging the headgear, my guy. I'm digging the lid. What's going on? How are you? I'm just trying to match your head, headgear because every single week it seems you have, like, the best hat I've ever seen. Uh, so you're doing good work there from a, a branding perspective. A lot of great merch from what I see, but – yeah, I got to rep the uh, the old faithful today. Dude, I love it, man. I, I think I'm going to snag me a PFF hat. That, that's fire. I oh, yeah, we'll, I like we'll, that a lot. we'll make it happen. Right? We need to get our, our store up and up and moving. We've changed our logo a few times, but yeah, we'll, we'll make something happen. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do a little Beamer Ball for PFF swap. We got to get the good word of Beamer Ball out there to the pro football focused boys. Uh, Anthony, again, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always a pleasure, obviously, to chat with you every single Wednesday. And, uh, Man, I know South Carolina obviously didn't play this weekend, but what a weekend of college football it was, man. When you look across, it felt like – I don't want to speak for all of them because I'm not going to say I sat there and watched the entire slate and all the top games, but it felt like this was a weekend that delivered. You know, you get some weekends where, you know, you have these highly anticipated matchups and they're either blowouts or they're boring or they just don't live up to the hype. Tennessee-Bama alone, you know, that, that, that made the weekend – just talk about the weekend that was in college football, and obviously the, the, the game of the weekend was that game in Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, there's always that a little bit of recency bias. Where you're like, that was the best weekend of football we've ever seen. And, you know, it definitely – right now you, you have to say it's one of the best, definitely the best that we're going to see all year. Um, you know, just, again, Tennessee-Bama alone, I think that game made it as great as what it was. But then you throw in Oklahoma State-TCU, TCU coming back for the victory, USC-Utah – I mean, just a lot of great games all throughout um, the slate, which was kind of hyped up as the biggest slate of the season. So it definitely lived up to the hype. Um, and now 
we got a lot of interesting playoff talk that's going to be coming here in a few weeks with that Tennessee-Bama result. Uh, we'll see if Tennessee can hang on with Georgia. I'm a little doubtful right now that they're going to be able to. I think it's a little bit more, worse of a matchup for them. But, you know, overall, you can't complain. This is why, I, you know, I love doing what I'm doing. How do you see what, – what do you think the committee will have to do? Let's just play the hypothetical game and, and, and make you squirm a little bit. Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, let's say let's say Ole Miss, they all finish with one loss. How does that play out, man? Because you can't put them all in, I don't think, right? But, I mean, it's going to be hard if Tennessee's only loss, let's say, is a field goal loss to Georgia between the hedges and uh, Bama ends up beating Georgia in the SEC title. Again, they all have one loss. How do you keep a Tennessee out with the best offense in college football? That's a good question. That's definitely the scenario where the committee is like, I'm praying that that does not happen because people from all over will be coming for them. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but hypothetically, if it did, I mean, that's definitely going to be the hardest decision that, that they ever have to make, and that's why they're going to be okay. Looking forward to this 12-team playoff that we're going to go to here in a few years. Um, I think in that scenario, gosh, you probably – I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, you probably put all three in there. Because at yeah. that point, you look over at in the Pac-12. I don't think we're going to see an undefeated champion. I know we still have UCLA in there. Um, very good one-loss teams. But I think they're all going to kind of beat each other up. Big Ten, that's where it gets interesting. I think you look at, okay, Ohio State, Michigan. you got to just kind of take the winner there. You can't take the loser anymore. And you go to the ACC, and if Clemson's still undefeated, that's when the problems really kind of come out. Um, so that's definitely, I think, the toughest situation. And I don't know, maybe it's Georgia that gets left out out of that picture. I don't know. I don't envy him for that decision, but that's what's going to make the rest of the season so great. Yeah, someone – I said this on uh, social media yesterday, Anthony, but someone who, you know, my team's obviously out of it, has no impact. Well, it could have an impact, I guess, that Tennessee game late in the season, but it's not going to make the playoff. I'm just pulling for pure chaos. I personally just want to see chaos and see the see the committee squirm a little bit and have to rack their brain of who's in, who's out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, let's dive into the game this weekend, obviously, in Columbia. Both Texas A&M and South Carolina coming off bye weeks. Let's start with the Aggies. Offensively, it has been a rough go of things. Dead last in the SEC in total offense, averaging just 21 points per game. Uh, quarterback situation's been a nightmare. You lose Anaya Smith on the outside, Devon A-Chain. He's kind of – you know, it's funny. South Carolina and A&M, and you can correct me if you feel differently, but I, I feel like these two teams – are almost kind of mirror images of each other in some ways. Um, you know, both have offensively struggled. Both feel like they kind of lean on their defenses a little bit, and both need this game badly, call it for what it is. But uh, on the Aggie side of things, we'll start with their offense. What do the numbers tell you, and what do you see from them? Obviously, Haynes King right now I think is going to be a game-time decision, it sounds like. If not, they're going to go with the five-star Wegman kid. I don't really know how much of a difference that even makes because it's not like Haynes King has played great football. Uh, just your overall thoughts on the Aggies on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, offensively, that was a big question with them heading into the season, and it was really just because of the quarterback position. And it's been worse than even it was imagined, right? You know, I thought it was – I was a little cautious to say Texas a is going to be a playoff team because of the quarterback position. And it's even worse than I thought it would be. You know, if Haynes King plays – I mean, honestly, that's probably the best-case scenario for South Carolina because while Connor Wegman, you know, he's a five-star, I get it. He's not going to perform like a five-star right, right away, but we still don't really know what he could be, you know, out on the field. Uh, with Haynes King, I think we have a good idea of what he is at this point, and it's not very good. I mean, you look at what he's done against, you know, FBS opponents. He's played four games this year, one against Sam Houston. You throw that one out. He's averaging five yards an attempt, you know, completion percentage just above 50. 
Um, no big time throws, four turnover worthy plays. I mean, it's just, it just has not been good. And like you said, you lose Nia Smith. Um, that's that's damaging um, for this Texas A&M offense. Savannah Chain, I think he's going to be, he's definitely one of the more boomer bust runners. He's, he can either take it 80 yards or, you know, he kind of gets stuffed there. That's just the way he kind of plays. Um, the offensive line has been underwhelming. I thought they were going to be one of the best groups in the country. We really haven't seen them perform up to that level. So offensively, it's just been pretty bad. Um, all around, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, they, they were close with Bama. They almost beat them. Um, I mean, again, I go back to Bama just didn't have Bryce Young, right? You don't have the best quarterback in college football. Jalen Noro's diff, definitely talented, but he's no Bryce Young. He had pretty significant issues throwing the ball in that game, and he was the reason why that game was as close as it was. It was nothing to do with Texas A&M offensively. Defensively, they have pieces to be excited about, but offensively, it's pretty bad. And, you know, just overall – you, you probably have to say this game might be the most, I'd say the, the most impactful or most important game of the weekend in terms of non-ranked opponents, because you get Texas A&M, they lose. We're going to have some interesting Jimbo Fisher conversation sitting there at three and four, South Carolina, they get to five and two, they got two favorable opponents up next. They can kind of get on a run there. So I, I think it's a lot of intrigue with this, with this matchup. Um, but again, for Texas A&M offensively, I think South Carolina should probably be hoping they see Haynes King run out there just because, again, we know what kind of ceiling he has. Connor Wegman, he's not going to perform well right away, in my opinion. I mean, it's very hard for a five-star to do that even. Um, but again, we just don't really know what he can do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I talk key matchups, Anthony, for every single game, and I, I think it's a really fun matchup to see these two running backs go against each other. You know, I heard a lot of chatter going in the Kentucky game how <clears throat> I think it was Marcus Lattimore that actually said it, the great South kind of back, that, uh, you know, as a running back, you go into games like this where maybe the other side's being talked about so much. You know, Chris Rodriguez was getting all the hype and the praise going in that Kentucky game, and it gives a guy like Marshawn Lloyd – a chip on his shoulder, but this features two of the best in the SEC and a chain and Lloyd. I think that's going to be a really fun battle to watch. Just kind of the two teams. I think probably will have to lean on their running games and are most successful when they're doing so you look at A&M on the defensive side, uh, giving up 18 points per game. What do you see from the Aggies there, Anthony? Obviously again, you hope for South Carolina's sake that in that second half in Lexington, you sort of found something. What are the challenges that Texas A&M presents on that side? Yeah, I mean, you look at their secondary and when healthy, that group could be one of the best in college football. They've had some injuries, and I think that's going to be something to monitor going into this game. Um, Tyreek Chappell didn't play against Bama. Um, last year, he was one of the best true freshman corners. He's been playing great when he's on the field this year. Jalen Jones played against Bama, has been banged up, though, all throughout the season. Um, and, of course, I think you have Antonio Johnson, who is still – it's like there was a lot of hype around him, and now we're starting to see that kind of simmer down a little bit. I still think he deserves a lot of hype. Um, you know, he was a slot corner last year. I thought he was quite easily the best slot corner in college football this year. More of a safety role. Numbers, he's less around the ball as much, so you don't hear his names called as much. But still, he's a dang good safety, and I wouldn't, you know, o overlook him at all going into this matchup to make a big play. Um, Damani Richardson, of course. So there's a lot of great pieces in that Texas A&M secondary. And if it's fully healthy, it's going to be really, really hard to kind of throw the rock against him. So that's kind of something I'm looking at. For them, it's just are they fully healthy? Do they have all their guys there? Um, and do they look like they're healthy? And are they playing up to their form? And if so, it's going to make it even more interesting. So that's my biggest kind of takeaway from looking at this Texas A&M defense and watching them and all the data supports it. I mean, some of their highest graded players are some of those defensive backs, um, you know, just very good players kind of limiting their side of the field. 
Now, I, I think it's interesting, Anthony, in this game, and again, we talk numbers with you and sort of, you know, the 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 Vegas side of things and the spreads and the totals, and it's interesting because I, I, I thought this game would probably open up as about a pick em. Um, Both sides, you know, South Carolina's won three in a row. A&M's sort of reeling, but we know they have talent. They play Bama close on the road. And I, don't, I don't care what just happened in Knoxville. Bama's Bama. Um, but A&M opens up as a four-point favorite. I think the number sits at three and a half now. Total sitting at 44 and a half right now. So Vegas expecting a low scoring game and expecting the Aggies to edge out South Carolina. And you look at the, the series history. South Carolina's never beaten AM. 0 and 8 against the Aggies. An average margin of defeat of 19 points per game in those eight games. And the last three matchups have been pure blowouts. Your thoughts on the spread and your overall vibe on this game. And how much do you think the the series history goes into uh, sort of the feeling, the national feeling, if you will, about this matchup? I thought it would be a little bit more, it's a little bit larger, not significantly. So I didn't think it would cross that uh, seven mark. And in college football, you don't have those key numbers as much, but with a low scoring game like this, you kind of do. Uh, I thought it would be around six and a half or so. So I was a little surprised. I was kind of on the opposite end there. Um, but then again, I'm not a betting expert. So that's just kind of my guess. Um, but, you know, I think I look at that, and you're definitely going to see a low-scoring game, in my opinion, unless we see a, some offensive tweaks from South Carolina. And that's the biggest thing in college football because you typically see most of these offenses, if they're struggling a little bit, there's some disagreements, you're going to see some changes um, after that bye week. We see it all the time with a, a bevy of teams. And I think South Carolina is kind of one monitor. I'm curious if they're going to kind of stick to their guns or they're going to change some things up. Like we, we talked about uh, nauseam, you know, just let seven play his game. I'm going to be curious to see if they're kind of doing that or if it's still going to be pretty safe, conservative, quick scheme throws, you know, don't let the, you know, passing off kind of losing the game type of thing. Um, so if they're kind of stick with that, I could see it being low scoring. Um, and so I kind of go back and just looking at the history, it's, it's almost one of those games where you want to remember it, but just throw it out because this is a completely different Texas A&M team. And again, it goes back to that quarterback position because, I mean, if you had to rank all the Power 5 quarterback situations, there's a reasonable argument to be made that at least for this season, I know next year and the year after it will change with Connor Wyman and his development, but right now it's one of the worst, and I don't think anybody can argue differently. Um, and I think that's what kind of makes this a different matchup from what we've seen historically. Um, so, you know, again, two defenses that are playing sound. You know, I look at South Carolina's defense, too, which is interesting. We talked about how much they're just very aggressive. They're bringing heat, you know, sending several guys in there, very blitz heavy. And they kind of took the wheels off a little bit, you know, backed off a little bit against um, Kentucky, and it worked out for them. I think in this game, I was a little critical, and I was like, you don't have to do it that much. But this game, I'm all for it because this is, this is a group that has struggled against these types of defenses all throughout the season. So if you get them – you know, maybe just under 50% of the time like they've kind of been averaging all year long. I think we could see some possible mistakes from Haynes King um, or whoever it is under center forward, Texas A&M. So, you know, I, I think it's a different matchup. I think it's very evenly matched in a lot of ways. Um, and I think ultimately it's going to come down to, as you know, typically, but the quarterback position, which one is not going to make a mistake. If, I think if, the quarter, if there's a quarterback that doesn't throw a pick in this game, I'm going to say that team probably wins. I, I know I've already said it. I'm going to sound like a broken record, Anthony, but th this is a huge game for Rattler, man. I, I just – at some point, it's like – you know, because I really thought over the summer, I don't think I had unreasonable expectations for him. I really don't. And I think there's so many other moving pieces that maybe have not clicked that have caused him to not have 
the production or the numbers or, you know, how much do you put on play calling, O-line, receivers himself, whatever. You can spread the blame out. But I said over the summer that I really felt like Spencer Rattler was going to have a game or maybe two where after that game's over, you know, he leads the Gamecocks to victory. And you kind of look at that as a game like he put the team on his back. I I just – you wonder when that's going to come, if that's ever going to come. And and what's so frustrating, I know, is like you mentioned, we know Seven has the talent. It's not like this is some five-star guy that you're just kind of – you're kind of hoping to see it. It's happened before. You know what I mean? It's it's literally happened before. And so I, I guess with with matchups like these in these swing games, like you mentioned, this is where you need your guy to show up and show out. And big time players win big time games. We can talk coaching till we're blue in the face. We can talk play, call, but big time players make big time plays, man. I think in a game like this, you know, you kind of feel like I know I said it going into Lexington, and and I guess I was proven wrong because you didn't get truly above average or elite quarterback play. I guess you did in that second half and you see what happened, but you still won the game, right? But kind of just feels like one, like you mentioned, man, in the SEC week in, week out, you can't make a living with subpar quarterback play. It's going to catch up with you. So they're going to need seven to be at his best on Saturday night. 100%. And I I think this is kind of a game where we're really going to find out where the issues have lied. Is it really all, you know, seven? Is it all the coaching? I think we'll probably get a good idea with this game. Um, and I think, I think honestly, we could see a situation. I would be surprised where, you know, he may not be told to play his game, but he goes and plays his game anyway. Um, and you know, he's trying to make those out of structure throws and try to put on the cape. I know they don't want him to do that anymore, but this could be a game where he starts to do that and just like I'm going to do it. We need it, and it's honestly, I'm looking horrible right now, um, both from a data perspective and the eyes of everyone. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's a situation that plays out. But I mean, I think this is probably. Honestly, probably the biggest game he's maybe ever had, one of the biggest games. Um, I mean, this is a career-altering game, in my opinion, because if he goes out there and he lights up this, this defense, which, again, it's a very good defense on the back end, and let's say South Carolina wins with multiple touchdowns, we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations, and I think a lot of people across the college football landscape are going to say, okay, is he back? Are we going to see the same type of player that we were all expecting? If so – I mean, South Carolina's five and two. You know, they got Mizzou and Vandy, and they got a Florida team that's kind of struggling a little bit. Next thing you know, you're like, okay, well, can they make a big run here and, you know, kind of be that sleeper team that no one saw coming in the second half of the season? So it's definitely a major game, major, major game for seven. And also the, the coaching staff, because again, I think we're going to see, you know, where, you know, there, there have been some problems. We're going to see where those problems actually lie. Anthony, switching gears a little bit, when you look at Tennessee, right, because I, I found it so interesting. Obviously, everybody was watching that game, but certainly all the Gamecock Nation was watching and talking about it. And I think it stung a little more, obviously, because they're one of our yearly yearly rivals in the SEC East that we have to play or what have you. But uh, when you look at them offensively, I think the entire country is looking at Tennessee offensively, obviously. They're number one. Uh, in all the college football, what are they doing, do you think, that's making them so successful on that side? Because I think that's what Gamecock fans are having the toughest time uh, coming to terms with, is that Heupel and Beamer took over at the same time. But obviously, in the year and a half or so since those two coaches have been at their respective schools, things have gone wildly different on the offensive side for Tennessee. And I don't feel like many South Carolina fans, whether this is accurate, inaccurate, or whatever – felt like the two programs were on very unequal footing in regards to talent, 
even on the offensive side. So when you look at Tennessee, what do you feel like they're doing that has made them so successful, whether it be scheme-wise? I mean, is it really just personnel? Is that great? What are they doing? What do you see that makes the Volunteers so lethal offensively? I mean, I could probably talk hours about Tennessee's offense. Just in general, I could write a book on it. I could do a documentary. I, I love it. Um, yeah, you know, me and my pal Seth Galina, he works here at PFF too. We talk football a lot. And I remember when this hire happened a couple of years ago, Coach Heifel going from UCF to, to Tennessee, and he ended up writing the piece. But we were talking about it. You're like, man, this could be this could be huge. I mean, introducing this offense at the SEC level. So what they do, I mean, this is pretty vague, but. I mean, they use go sideline to sideline, right? I actually have a chart over on my Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony where you can kind of see the differences with the SEC offenses. But they take up sideline to sideline formation width. It's around 40 yards. It's like eight yards more than any other offense in the SEC. FBS average is like 29, um, if I recall correctly. So it's a little bit different. And they also go up tempo, right? I mean, it's more than anybody else. When you look at the, like their average play clock remaining, it's above 20 seconds. Right. And the average is like seven seconds uh, slower than that. It's one of the highest in college football. So they're spreading you out. They're going quick and they're going they're trying to attack you vertically. So if you play single high coverage, if they catch you in that. They're, they got those two guys on the outside with the quarterbacks taught to do Hinn and Hooker. I mean, he's very good at it. You just watch him. It's cerebral. Just looks at the safety. He's staring at the safety. He knows he's going one side. Right. Whatever side he has the better leverage battle on, he's going to. And he just sits there and you can see him. He just turns go ball and he's the guy that can fit that type of offense and I think that's the biggest thing you know I saw last year when they brought in Joe Milton and in, in Hinden Hooker I said Hinden Hooker is the better guy for that he actually has the accuracy to kind of hit those those plays downfield and it's not a difficult offense I actually think it's one of the easiest offenses in college football and I put out a quarterback rankings piece this past week and I had Hinden Hooker I think eighth a lot of people were kind of upset about that saying you know he should be number one he should be top three and it's it's kind of hard to evaluate him because the offense is so friendly compared to what everybody else is doing, even in college football where there's a lot of friendly offenses. And I think that's when the pro evaluation aspect kind of comes into debate there, but they have the right guys. You look at somebody like, like Cedric Tillman who didn't play against Bama, but he's been great before he got hurt. You know what he can do from a physicality perspective, but they have Jalen Hyatt. I always said Jalen Hyatt. Um, I need to find it somewhere. I need to dig this up. It's one of the few times I'll ever take a victory lap, but you know, you look at Jalen Hyatt, and I said a few years ago, this guy could be a game changer for this offense because he has the speed. He has exactly what they need. And you saw against Bama, he didn't – it wasn't his route running ability. I mean, of course, they were fine. It was great in that regard. But the reason why he had five touchdowns is because he was faster than anybody else on that field. And you can just see him burn him, just cooking him right from the get-go and getting over the top of the defense. And Alabama also kind of played him poorly, in my opinion. And I'm sure everybody else would say the same thing, obviously. But – um, you know, there's just – they have the personnel there. I think it's one of the best offenses in college football. I mean, he really made uh, – Coach Heupel made Dylan Gabriel who he was um, before he got hurt last year, which is one of the best quarterbacks in college football and hurt this year. I mean, they're running kind of – I would say the same thing in Oklahoma, but something similar. Um, so I think it's just well-designed. I think it's very tiring, you know, for those players. And I think, too, I mean, it's just very play-action oriented. And so it also sucks in those guys on defense and – you know, with that up-tempo, it really tires out those guys, too. So they're very physical in the run game. You get those guys that are tired. But then you also have a quarterback who I mentioned that he knows how to make the throws. He goes out and carries out the offense by design. But he's also athletic. He can also run. You add another element to that. It's just so much to, to deal with from a defensive perspective. It takes the defenses out of their comfort zone. Um, and it's just, it's just an awesome offense. I mean, it, it truly is. So 
Um, that, that's kind of in short what Tennessee does and why they're so successful. So I wouldn't say like with Alabama, Alabama, I think is Alabama this year because of Bryce Young. And I think we kind of saw it against Texas A&M. Um, but, you know, with, with Tennessee, it's not because of Hendon Hooker. I, I think he's a, obviously a great deal of that, but I think it's because they have just the perfect system and they have the, the perfect guys to run that and carry it out on a weekly basis. And, and you mentioned this too, the fact they've done it all without Cedric Tillman is, is wildly impressive. I mean, you see what Jalen Hyatt did over the weekend. And again, I know that's sort of a sore subject because the kids from 20 minutes from Columbia and well, Muschamp didn't offer him and we, we, we just won't get into it. Um, <laughs> Anthony, I appreciate you taking the time. Before I get you out of here, man, obviously I, I want to get your feel on this game Saturday. If you want to lock in a prediction, you're more than welcome to do so. You obviously said you thought the spread was going to open up uh, more than it did. So are, are you leaning to the Aggie side of things? Obviously night game at Williams Bryce should be a raucous environment. What do you, what do you feel on this game Saturday night between the Gamecocks and Texas A&M? So I'll go SC 27 AM 13. I think, um, okay. I think it's going to be very difficult for AM to score. Yeah. I just, I think we're going to see if Haynes King is playing. I just, I can't, I can't see them scoring. I know South Carolina's defense, it has some of their faults. I think Devonta Chain, I think that's how they're going to score. I think maybe he gets off like a 70 yard run or something like that. And that can score some points. But, you know, from a, a, a passing perspective, Texas a just doesn't have the guys to do it. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what comes to my prediction. And it, I think it could differ depending on what South Carolina does offensively. But Texas A&M's offense is kind of a big reason behind that. But that's kind of my, my expectation for this weekend. Anthony, sign me up for that score prediction right now. And it'd be crazy, man. Like I said, we talk about how it's such a week-to-week game. The Gamecocks could end up being 5-2 and two and could be staring potentially. Potentially, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but – Seven and two is not off the table. I mean, that's it's wild to say when you think about some of the ups and downs of this season. But hey, you'll take it if you can get it. Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus. You guys go check out his work, Anthony. As always, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat, man. We'll do it again next week. Of course, thank you. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon. Great stuff from Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus. Really do appreciate him taking the time. Um, guys, again, I appreciate you all tuning in. Yeah, Anthony's got 27 to 13. 27 to 13. South Carolina. So, be big. That would be big time. I'm just looking at your questions. I feel like I'm, I'm missing something. Looks like we got people going back and forth in the, uh, in the chat. Tyler Noel says, Sat just said in his presser that, quote, running the ball has to be our identity, end quote. Does he not believe Spencer can air it out and make throws down the field? Isn't that the same guy that said we didn't bring him here to hand the ball off? Isn't that what he said? I don't know. Hell, I don't know, man. Connor Lee says, we can score 27. We had the opportunity to put up 30-plus against Kentucky, but did not do so. Maybe we can. Uh, Guys, I'm going to open up the phone lines. Here we go. Phone lines are open. I want to hear from you, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Charlie texts in. He says, Chris, love the show. Been following you since the disaster against UNC. Love to hear that. My question is, what offense do you really think Beer wants to run? I've played a little ball and coached some. The term multiple generally means you are not very good at anything. The install is confusing as well in that you generally start simple and add. We are constantly talking about going back and simplifying. 
We were promised exciting offense that would attract recruits. Instead, we've been given a complicated pro-style offense that is not ex- uh, not that is not difficult to learn, which makes it translate poorly with the transfer portal. I think he means. Here we go. Will, what's going on, man? How are you? Good morning. Doing pretty good, bro. How about you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? All right, bro. What do you think about us getting picked 14th to finish 14th in the uh, men's basketball? Did you see that? I, I did. Yeah, I did, and I posted about it. I mean, it's it's not shocking. I mean, I, I know we've got G.G. Jackson, but brand-new head coach, brand-new practically roster. I I mean – I, I'm not shocked, you know what I mean? And, and I don't really – I don't want to call year one of Lamont Paris a wash. That's the wrong way to put it. But I go into it with zero expectations, man. I, I really do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about building year one, kind of figuring out what you have. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, you know, you know, I'm not – I mean, what, what's the difference? I, if, I we, if, we got, if we got picked 13th or 12th, I mean, what difference does it make? You know what I mean? Like, we're, gonna, we're getting picked at the yeah. bottom. I mean, it kind of is what it is. I don't know. I don't, it's a certain type of feeling when you get picked last, though, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you're on the playground and you get picked, you know, next to last, you don't feel so bad. But, uh, no, nah, I just thought it was funny. I know there was so much turnover that that's probably part of it. It's mm-hmm. just so much undone as to what's going to happen or whatever. But I – I think we're going to be decent. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't expect us to be great, but I, I think we could win in the ballpark of eighteen to twenty games. Hopefully, um, yeah. I just feel like there's a different energy there. Um, secondly, uh, about the Texas A&M game, uh, it just feels like the first time we really had a chance in a long time. You know, like I mean, this is the first time where we're going into it and we really feel like it's a toss-up game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it hasn't really felt like that before, so. With that being said, what are we? Are we four and zero under the lights? Five and zero under the lights? We are undefeated at night this season. Yeah, I mean, granted, two of those wins were against so, Charlotte and yeah. SC State, but hey, the facts are facts yeah. are we're undefeated. Or three of those wins were yeah. Georgia State, SC State, Charlotte. Either way, though, hey, we got some, hey, we got a little mojo just, under the lights. Good so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> gotta feel good about that. I'll be at the Missouri game uh, next week, so okay, I'll come by and holler at yeah, you. Yeah, come say what's up, but, man. Uh, be a good time. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I'll hop off here, bro. Later, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Real bit of good stuff. I, again, I'm uh, <laughs> I was kind of surprised to hear Anthony Tree say he's got 27 to 13, 27 to 13, Carolina beating Texas A&M. I tell you what, that that uh, okay. I mean, that's a two. I will sign up for a two touchdown victory in a freaking heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see, guys. Again, we're diving into your questions. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Those tuned into the podcast version of TDC on the Spurs Up Show podcast feed. Thank you all so much. I uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, again, if you did not know, the TDC is now, you know, we used to have our own podcast feed for the Daily Crow. Now it's on the Spurs Up Show podcast feed. Just streamlines everything, makes everything much, much simpler for you guys. Of course, TDC, the podcast version is still dropping at 3 o'clock every single day after the fact. So those who are tuned in that are wondering, you know, I subscribe to the Daily Crow podcast feed. Where is it? I just really easier for folks to have it all streamlined in one feed. So let's jump to the phone line. Tucker, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you doing? I just had a couple questions, and I was going to hang up. Yeah. 
Yeah, go ahead. I was just wanting to say, why aren't we using Jaheim Bellmore and the offense? You know, like that Mayzier Bennett that just committed to Tennessee. Like, why would anybody want to come play for offense like that? That's why he probably went to Tennessee, I guess. But yeah, I mean, why why are we not? Yeah, I was, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying that's all I had to say, and I just don't see. Yeah, nobody would want to come play for Satterfield right now with the play calling he's doing and all that kind of ish. But you know, I guess we'll see how it plays out the rest of the season. I'll let you get. I'll hear your uh, thoughts on YouTube. Okay, Tucker. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much for the questions. Really good questions. Uh, first thing on Jaheim Bell. Uh, you know, why why is he not? getting the ball more <laughs> that is the uh, the million dollar question my friend or whatever Marcus Satterfield's yearly contract is put that dollar amount on it that that's that's the question I, I you know I, I'm not saying that Jaheim Bell you know is is some I, I'm not saying he's like the best player in college football or anything like that but oh, man I, I I don't know it's 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 weird <clears throat> it's it's weird how how little of an impact Jaheim Bell has made this season. I mean, really, truly, when you think about it. And I, and I know defenses <clears throat> are accounting for him. They're covering him, right? They know we want to go to him, but it, it, it's just – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, I, I don't have a great answer for you. I, I don't have a great answer for you. Um, in regards to the Bennett kid, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the word on the street is that he went to or committed to Tennessee right now because – it's much more attractive to go play offense for them versus playing offense for us. And uh, he, he's not a believer that we're going to have a dynamic, prolific offense. Uh, again, you can, you can think whatever you want, guys, this year. That's where you lose me, though. You, you can think whatever you want about, well, it's on seven, it's on the line, it's, you know, Marcus Satterfield's smart, he knows. But, but I'll I tell you this. I don't give a damn how good you think your scheme is. If players, if high school kids are looking at your scheme and saying, I don't want to go play there because it's not explosive. It's not dynamic. You know, I'm not going to have a great opportunity to, 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 to maximize my abilities. If that's what kids think, you have to. You have to read the room. You have to, to make a change. You, you just have to. Because if you can't get these top-notch athletes because of that, that that's a problem. That, 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 that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, so that, that's where you lose me. That's where you lose me. When it starts to affect recruiting – that's where you lose me. So, uh, Travis Allen says he's got us taking an L this weekend. I don't think Rattler has a good game. Turns the ball over twice, 21 to 19, Texas A&M. Guys, again, I will drop my prediction for the game on Friday. In the meantime, I've got my best bet under 44 and a half is what I got for this one. Uh, I do think it's a lower scoring game, man. Two of the worst offenses in the SEC statistically. I, I, I just, I, I think it's going to be uh, – <laughs> The greatest pillow fight of the season. I don't know, man. I, I you know, I, I just, I, I do think it hits the under. I, I think South Carolina defensively will play a solid game. I think to Anthony Tricia's point, if Haynes King does play, I think that helps us. I don't know that it really matters who plays quarterback for AM. I, I don't think it matters. Um, I don't think either side will have some sort of offensive explosion. I tell you what, the over under 23, that first half total, that's the play of the century. That's the play of the century. My friends, Lady Breeze says we're getting top recruits at all positions and we're freaking out over one position, LOL. Well, Lady Bree, when you lose the, I think, number one player in the state and it's a wide receiver and they pick Tennessee, 
I mean, that, that's, that's worth talking about. I'm not freaking out over it, but it sucks. It sucks. Those are guys you don't want to lose. Those are guys you don't want to lose. You trust Beamer, but when you're not getting a guy like that who's in your state and he's going to Tennessee, yeah, Lady Bree, that's noteworthy. That's, that's worth talking about. That's worth talking about. Whether you think it is or not, it is. It is. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Owen Turner, I think our quote-unquote amazing OC put Bell in the doghouse because of Stoddard's arrival. We have to get Bell going. He's too good of a talent to waste. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, Jaheim Bell is criminally underutilized. I, I, I don't know, man. I feel so bad for Josh Mann, too. I really do. I feel bad for Josh Mann. Let's see. Lady Bree, we lost A.J. Green to Georgia. You are really bringing up something that happened like 15 years ago. I'm not saying we're going to get them all. I'm not saying that, Lady Bree, but I'll go with the people that I've talked to behind the scenes and why that's a big deal over the YouTube banter. Let me just put it that way. So, I, I, I'll just say that. It, it is a big deal. I think it's a big deal. I think it is. And especially when the reason is because of perceptions reality and the perception that your offense is boring is stagnant is not fun to play in and the numbers support that by the way I don't think this is just some bullshit narrative that's been that's been you know come up with you know I, I think when like when, when you watch us would you say that we're dynamic would you say that Lady Bree did you want to fire Spurrier because we missed on AJ Green Lady Bree who is saying fire Shane Beamer because we missed on AJ or that we missed on uh the Bennett kid Who's saying that? I'm just saying it's it's a bothering thing. And if you're missing on a kid because the perception is your offense is boring, right? If you're missing on a kid because the perception is your offense stinks and it isn't dynamic, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. There's no way to spin that. No, Lady Bree, don't fire Satterfield over Mazio, however you say his first name. Don't fire Satterfield over that. Fire Satterfield because the offense stinks. That's why. I don't give a damn what your film says. The offense stinks. It stinks. The numbers support that claim. Maybe the next six games will not be what I think it's probably going to be, but the offense is stunk. The offense has been boring. The offense has been... Bland. The offense has been <clears throat> it's like the wall, man. Anyways, here we go. Here we go. What's going on? How are you? <clears throat> hey Chris, how's it going? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? What do you think the carry-on joiner's role is on the team at the current <laughs> date? Are you, are you trying to start a shit storm on social media or what? <laughs> no, I love the carry-on joiner. Uh, I, no, I do too. Um, I think Shane Beamer talked about it yesterday and that, uh, <clears throat> you know, he was asked about it. I don't know if you saw his quote. Said that he's making an impact for us on special teams and he's working out at receiver. And I, I think really what it comes down to, man, is that you know, he is a wide receiver, and there's just only so many reps to go around. So, uh, listen, the last time I talked about the carry-on joiner and gave an honest evaluation of his role in the football team, all hell broke loose. Um, but, you know, his role is that he's wide receiver five or six, and 
Uh, he's not a quarterback, and, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't used him a little bit more in some sort of – even if it's just like some package or some gadget play or some trick play, but they haven't. So, I, I have seen him on special teams a lot, but, uh, I mean, I think his role is he's a backup wide receiver. That's it. And then what do you think about Josh Van being so underutilized on the offense? I mean, it's it's shocking. It's surprising. It's surprising. Um, I, I mean, I knew Antoine Wells was going to be a dude for us, but I, I really thought it would be 1A, 1B, Wells and, and Van. And, I, you know, I, some people want to blame Josh Van for – um, you know, maybe, maybe he didn't put the, the work ethic in. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. We don't know behind the scenes, but it's surprising. I mean, it's surprising to say the least. I, I don't know what has uh, changed from last year to this year, but uh, something, some, some disconnect. I don't know. So it's surprising, though. Very surprising. All right, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you. And I wasn't trying to snap at my dude there asking the DeCarion Joiner question, but I uh, just <laughs> – I mean, listen, the last time I gave an honest evaluation of DeCarion Joiner's role in the football team, people wanted me kicked off the internet. Was I wrong? No. But people wanted me kicked off the internet. So, you don't you, – here's the thing. You want to ask the question, you don't want to hear the answer. That's the, that's the fact of the matter when it comes to that, Joiner. People all have the same question. They just don't want – and they know what the answer is. They just don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. So, um, Travis Allen says, when does the Sat Sucks merch come out? Well, the fi- you know what's so funny? The Fire Sat merch is literally in the drafts right now. The Fire Sat merch is in the drafts. So, I don't know. I can't put my finger on when or if or what have you know what have you. Um, when it's meant to be, it'll happen, and hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. Uh, guys, that being said, I got a lot to say, but right now we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, though, phone lines are open. Want to hear from you? More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, are back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I was racking my brain about this over the break. Um, and to Lady Bree's point, losing Bennett, it's just one player, right? On the flip side, though, one player is too many. And, and if there's a perception out there that, man, don't go to Columbia. You're going to play in a boring offense. You're not going to get the football. It's, it's, it's not going to be flashy or fun to watch. You're not going to get to the next level. Well, Bree, I can tell you this. If one player's thinking that, those players talk, those prospects talk to each other. If that's if that's the perception with one player, it's the perception with multiple. And one's too many. That's just the rumor, right? But damn it, per sources season. Per sources season. Well, per sources, the perception is that we stink on offense. And guess what? The numbers don't do anything to refute that claim. What can we say? No, no, we're dynamic. Show me. Where? Where are we dynamic? Even when it works, it looks like it's an accident. Hey, there's six games to go. It might look completely different. But to this point, to this point, what we've seen is what we've seen. 
You can, you can drag Spencer Rattler through the mud all you want. But this guy was, was once thought of as a Heisman Trophy, you know, Heisman Trophy favorite, maybe the number one overall draft in the NFL draft at some point. What have we done with him? Lady Bree, let me just put it to you this way. It's a rumor, but uh, I, I can – it's not a rumor. Let, let me just leave it at that. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you who my people are. You know them, though. Okay, let's jump to the phone lines. John, what's up, man? How are you? Good. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly, man. What's going on? All right, good. Just make sure. Just making sure. Uh, I know we don't want to call upon this issue, but I did hear the whole issue of uh, guys going there, and I was calling on that. Have, is it ever – I got to see some people that maybe guys like – I know we have some different but guys like Josh Fan, Antoine Wells, Jalen Brooks, this year, Amarian Brown. Uh, I don't know if I'm missing anybody, but – those four in particular, and that was they joined them, like I said, five, six on the receiving that started. But, like, have people not come visit this, that those, it, it's probably a little bit of both that Dak, you know, it's not a natural wide receiver, and maybe those four or five guys in that maybe just slot out better. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's just wild about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, trust I mean, me, I love that. Like, but he's not, he's not a natural wide receiver, and, and it goes back to, I hate to say this, and well, we don't want to hear it. But I think Dak's Dak biggest downfall was he wasn't developed by the previous staff. Yeah, like, I, I think most would probably agree really with developed. that. <clears throat> I think most would agree with that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't want to get thoughts on that. And I know some people don't want to hear that. You know, maybe guys are better than Dak. Uh, that's why Peter was super tall. He's not that. Um, yeah, I heard actually one other thing I just about her will calling. I think he said what eighteen to twenty weeks to the mid team. I mean look, I I get got you want to be optimistic about this men's basketball program and but like we're aggressive we're told off on that. Like this still you gonna be your one of the new head coach and uh, maybe he's been optimistic about close to twenty wins this year big maybe because we have a new head coach and look I'm I'm just Excited if you're watching him on this basketball because it's something new. Yeah. Like, like, let me, let me, that's like about Frank, and I know we don't talk too fans about Frank anymore, but it's like, I remember when he said, you know, people don't kind of call out our fan base. I think it's what he did, that people don't want to come out and watch him play. I'm like, well, dude, <clears throat> if, if you could, it's because you're not winning. If, if you'd be winning, people would come out. People don't want to come out to watch your men play and, you know, yeah. No, I, I'm excited for I'm 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 excited for a new start for Gamecocks basketball for sure on the men's side. I appreciate the call, John Edward. Um, no, I, I'm excited for a new start. I know you're picked 14th. I mean, whatever, man. It is what it is. Uh, you know, new coach, new players. I know you got GG, but yeah, I, that that where you were picked doesn't doesn't shock me at all. Um. To the point of again, the, 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 a lot of lot of conversation. I love it. Beauty's in the banter. I, I don't think Satterfield's a brain dead idiot. I, I don't. I don't think Satterfield is clueless when it comes to football. Um, and again, if you don't like what I'm saying to to everybody out there, if you don't like what I'm saying about the offense, guys, I'm just a product of what's happening on the field. Kentucky was great and everything, but like 
to insinuate that we are this this dynamic, flashy offense that, you know, I think it's just it's just foolish. Like you have garnet glasses on. You can put all the blame on Spencer Rattler if you want. That's so I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the blame. Hey, he's had plays to make. I agree with you. The play call against Kentucky, the, the pass to Stogner, bad throw. He's missed throws throughout this season, missed throws against Arkansas. But the fact of the matter is this, whether you want to blame him, if you want to blame personnel, if this season continues, let's just say we go 7-5, and five, though, right? But let's say Rattler has a poor year. It's going to reflect back on Satterfield. Like, he's also building out his resume. He's building out his resume, and what I'm going to think of is Marcus Satterfield really took Spencer Rattler, an NFL-caliber quarterback, and did nothing with him. That's not good for recruiting. It's it's just not. It's not good for recruiting. And again, to the point of this Bennett kid and his perception that, man, that offense is not really good. It's not dynamic. Uh, I can go to Tennessee and be a star player. Look what Jay, you know, Jalen Hyatt's doing. I can go perform that way. They're not featuring their playmakers at South Carolina. That's more than just a rumor. I promise you. It's more than a rumor. And I understand it's just one guy. Well, it's just one guy you know about. It's just one guy that you know about. One is too many. One is too many. I'm not saying burn the whole thing down. You're going to miss on some recruits. You're going to you're going to get your fair share. You're going to miss on some recruits. But how let me ask you this, if that's a perception, how do we change that? Yes, Lady Bree. Spencer Rattler was much better last year than he is this year. Yes. He might have gotten benched, but you look at the statistics. They were wildly, wildly better. In my opinion, 11 touchdowns to five picks. That's a whole lot better than what he's done this point. Joseph, I wasn't even talking about you, bro, and I was talking about garnet glasses. I just was saying in general, like, if you think that I'm also not a miserable son of a bitch, Joseph. I I can assure you I'm not a miserable son of a bitch. I just think we're a team this year that we need to, you know, rely on the run game. We're not dynamic offensively. I don't even know what we're arguing. I really don't at this point. Here we go. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, man? Just chilling, man. What's up? No, oh, I just I just want to clear the air. Like, no, let's just say something crazy happened. Let's say we run a, let's say we run a table and go and feed it. Sat still got to go. Like, I think people forget like how great it was on the spur area that we win the game going to a goal point. Even with a jacked up defense or a line that wasn't really that great in some some years, but Spurrier was able to score points, and that has proven over time already that in a short time that he can't score points, and that's and that's bad. And we and I think some of the players we got this this era on the defense are kind of sort of if not comparable some of Spurrier's um, skill players he had. Mm-hmm. And I think to have all the skill players not score the can, it, it's just horrible. We can't deal with that. I you know if you look at Tennessee and Alabama game, it was exciting because they were scoring. Mm-hmm. Not because the defense plays like we we need to score points and we and we're not doing that and so I don't care what happens towards the end of the season mm-hmm. that still got to go because I don't want him to have a good season and think no we stuck in game two of next year always or is that or staff or no we need to make a decision no matter how it goes the rest of the year that still has to go. Fair enough, Brian. I think well said, my friend. I appreciate the call. All right. Yeah. Take care. Uh, for those that couldn't hear what Brian Bennett said, he said, no matter what, basically, Satterfield's got to go. Let, let me just say this, too, though, because the beauty truly is in the banter. I think at this point, 
I'd say conservatively, 90% of this fan base wants Marcus Satterfield gone, barring an incredible final six games. You can disagree, right? We all want the same thing, right? We all bleed the garnet and black. We all want the same thing to occur in regards to our team winning games, even if we have differing opinions on how we think it should happen. But I would just say this. I don't give a damn again how many, how many, how much, how many hours of film you watch, how much you want to break down scheme and say, this is here or that's here. Like at the end of the day, how can you really come down on anyone that says, hey, I think we need to change our OC at season's end? Like, what what has happened on the field of play? What do the numbers say? Like I don't think anyone's outlandish for saying that the Gamecocks need to change their OC. You know what I mean? Like, like, so if you disagree, that's fine. But to act like, to talk down to people, because it's like, well, you don't know the scheme. You don't know this. It's like, I'm all for somebody, you know, earning their job. And, hey, we go score 40 points per game the rest of the way. Then bring Sat back. Bring Sat, fine. I, I just want to win. I don't give a damn who the OC is. I don't care who the quarterback is. See, that's the funny thing. People think, well, you've got a personal vendetta against this player or that coach. Or No. What's good for South Carolina is good for me. It's good for business. Carolina winning is good for business. I don't care who's in charge. I don't think many of us do. But, like, to act like, Somebody doesn't know ball. Dude, Gamecock fans are just a product of what their team puts on the field. So you don't have all these, you don't have all these people complaining about the offense and, 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 you know, complaining about Satterfield because they're stupid. Gamecock fans are not stupid. They're smart people. It's a great fan base. They're not idiots. They're just reacting to the product they're seeing on the field. That's it. So you might disagree. You might think Sat's an offensive genius. But to say that people are crazy for, for insinuating that maybe a change needs to be made at OC, they're not. And there's no, there's no statistics. There's no proof that you have or anybody has to say that if you're calling for the OC's job, you're just, you're just way off base. I would just say this. Even if I was a sat defender, I'd say, I believe in the system. I believe in the scheme. I see what they're trying to do. But I also agree on that same token that they've got to put up the numbers to get people on their side. And then when you hear hear things behind closed doors, and again, guys, call it a rumor, I can assure you If you're in the Big Cock Club Discord, you know who said it, by the way. I can assure you this Bennett thing is far more than just a rumor. That his perception is he doesn't see our offense getting better. He thinks our offense is stale and boring and not dynamic. And he looks at Tennessee, he sees a dynamic, explosive offense. That's why he chose Tennessee over Carolina. And you might say, well, it's just one player. I understand it's just one player, but one is too many. It is. It's too many. 
One turns into two, which turns into three, which turns into five. Then it just keeps going and snowballing. I'm not saying fire sat because of that recruit, but that's a problem. I don't give a damn how smart you think you are, how good you think your scheme is. If you can't recruit the best talent, you can't get them to come play for you, you don't have a chance to begin with. Nobody's, like, at this point, let me just say this, too. I, I don't talk down to people like, my opinion's right and yours is wrong. There's a reason why I take so much feedback from people. I love the calls. Hey, I learn things from you guys when you call in. It's why I like to have guests on. I learn from them, right? Admittedly, I'm a baseball guy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and act like I'm going to walk you guys through film and we're going to look at X's and O's together and... But what's going on, man? How are you? Good. I called him all ago about the Mayview dance and all that kind of stuff. But I was just going to tell you, I have a buddy that's a coach for the Greenville High School team here, too. And he said Mayview, he spoke to Mayview a lot about Tennessee and South Carolina and all the other schools he was interested in. Like, He's, that's basically what he's saying that she said that South Carolina's offense is boring he didn't want to get played for them and you know yeah I, mean, I think it's a, I, I think it's a lot more than a rumor now <laughs> it's, yeah I mean it's it's kind of almost just yeah. well known at this point hey, so. he speaks to these other recruits and stuff too and so mm. they ain't no telling they need to I don't know they need a drastic change in the offense but and if that, you know, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say this to that point, you know, if that happens under Satterfield, I, yeah. I, I'd be more than happy for that to happen under Satterfield. I'm, I'm like, again, I don't care who the OC is, but there will have to be sort yeah, of a reinventing care. of what they want to do. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is boring, oh, yeah. dude. It I is mean, boring. I want, like, I want him <laughs> you sit there and watch a game just, I know it's exciting to watch defense and the special teams, obviously, is doing good, but you sit there and watch that offense and make you want to drink or <laughs> just yeah. whatever you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I got you. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll make you want to drink a Rebel Rabbit or two and just chill out. So, <laughs> for sure. But, like I said, I mean, I want Satterfield to do good, but shit, if he can't, he's going to mm-hmm. have to. Make a change and get somebody else up in there. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we, do, we, I we, we said it. We said it all summer long, man. Y- your personnel was lacking last year. Now you've well, got yeah, you know, the guys really this just, year. I mean, there's just no excuse. So. He's really just left around because of the bowl game, to be honest with you, North Carolina game. I believe. Beamer's going to have to do – you know that interview he had where he said that, like, all these people on Twitter didn't know anything that they were talking about. Shoot, mess of us played yeah. high school football and all that kind of stuff, too. So, yeah. We know what we're talking about in some of the aspects of the game, but I'm sure I'll, – I'll trust in Beamer, but. You can't be like this friendly thing that Ray Tanner has doing all this crap, stuff like that, too. Mm. 
you eventually got to get rid of some of these people. Just like the baseball coach. If he don't do good this year, I'd get rid of him. Yeah, no, I, this, this is definitely the the put-up-or-shut-up year for Kingston, for sure. No, no doubt. No doubt. Oh, yeah, buddy. Well, I'll let you go. I'm sorry to call in a fake time. You have a good one. No, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Uh, again, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. We'll see what happens the final six games. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens the final six games. Um, again, I, I, I just think that I think it's a debatable topic. And listen, I'll tell you this, because there's this misconception in college sports, right? And you see it with some other Gamecock entities and outlets that, well, you know, if, 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 if like, if, if something, if, if we need to, if you need to have a tough conversation, they're going to say nothing. They'd rather say nothing at all than say, say something that could be perceived as negative. That's obviously not how I operate. <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I'll tell you this, a lot of college fans, they will take bringing the heat and 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 bringing the pressure as well. You're being negative. Why? I will never do so. I will never apologize for bringing the heat. Pressure is a good thing. Pressure is a good thing. You need pressure. You need people that have influence to bring pressure. So, like for example, in the preseason, when I when I said something about Jordan Birch, put up or shut up time. He's approaching bus territory. I don't apologize for saying that. Hey, it's, it's, it's pressure. Welcome to Carolina. Welcome to the SEC. Pressure creates diamonds. Pressure is a good thing. I'll never apologize for applying pressure. And hey, so if Satterfield needs to feel like his job is on the line to go out and call the best game of the season and we beat A&M, then hell yeah, I won't apologize for applying pressure. Pressure's a good thing in my mind, man. Pressure's a privilege. Pressure's a privilege. That being said, guys, let's go ahead and jump into a quick break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843 That's 843-790-3377. I'll say this because uh, I'm, I'm not going to spend the rest of this show just ranting over and over and over again about Marcus Satterfield. Uh, the bottom line is this. I, I hope on Saturday we have one more point than A&M. I don't give a damn if it's 3-2. to two. I hope we have one more point than A&M. I trust that Shane Beamer – will make whatever necessary changes or not changes that he feels needs to be made. I trust that he will make those decisions and he will make decisions that will best benefit South Carolina football in the present and in the future. So I'll just leave it at that and, uh, you know, hope we can find a way to win us a couple ball games down the stretch. So I'll just say that. Anyways, um, Coach Ford says pressure is... I think he accidentally tagged somebody. Good. We as a fan base attack one another too much. Some like me feel Beamer, White, nor Satterfield have done jack to earn the blind loyalty. Many want to freely give some. Like Bree and Lynn are loyal to this crew simply because they chose to take our contract offer of employment. Beamer and crew owe us proof they deserve our loyalty, not vice versa. Pressure is good. Well, I mean, Coach Ford, I'm not going to – listen, I'm not going to sit here and say we can have critical conversation on this show. That's why I love doing this show. And that's why I love – 
chatting with you all. But uh, isn't, <laughs> I mean, Coach Ford, let's call it what it is. Isn't blind loyalty just part of being a fan? Like, you don't have much choice, right? Because the other option is guilty till proven innocent, and that's just a shitty way to live. You know, that it's, 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 it's just, it's like, let me put it to you this way. It's like going into a new relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever it is, but it's like going into a new relationship and just carrying, putting all that baggage from the past on them, right? And so... You know, it, it, it's just, it's it, that's not going to lead to a lot of happy times, is it? So, I mean, uh, part of just being a fan, this goes so far beyond South Carolina. This goes to every sport. Part of being a diehard fan is sort of blind loyalty. I mean, that's kind of how it goes, right? I mean, I, is it not? I mean, for for every fan base, for every fan base, the head coach that you hire the the OC, every coach, they're the guy until they're not, right? They're the guy until they're not. I mean, look at Muschamp. There were, and I'm not saying you coach for, but I'm just saying there were a lot of people. When I said it after that UNC game 2019, it's cool to hate Muschamp now. It's cool to hate Muschamp. I remember very vividly after that UNC game back in 2019 when I said fire Will Muschamp. Bro, you would have thought, I mean, God. Social media was a war on a daily basis. People wanted me exiled. There's people right now I know for a fact that are huge fans of mine that hated me at that time. Heck, we got one of them, our guy Brendan M. in the Big Cock Club Discord. He wasn't a fan of mine when I said that. So, you know, college fans, fans in general, they will, and I, I mean, it's it's the beauty of it, right? It, it's the beauty of it. They will ride with you until the very end, until it's, it's, it's just so blatantly obvious you're not the guy, you can't ignore it anymore. Fans will ride with you to the end. So, I mean, again, back to Coach Ford, his original, you know, point that he made, some of it, call it for what it is, it is blind loyalty. I mean, you just... Coach Ford, you have to trust that Beamer's the guy. You have to trust that he's going to work out. You have to trust that he's going to hire guys that are going to give you the best opportunity to win. What other choice do you have? To doubt Beamer at every turn? That kind of makes, that kind of creates a miserable existence for you as a fan. You know what I mean? It just does. It just does. It, it, it creates a miserable existence for you as a fan. I'm not saying, I'm not saying be just so blindly loyal in the sense that don't question anything because. Guys, I'll even say right now, I'm behind Shane Beamer 110%. But if you ask me today, Chris, is it a guarantee that Beamer's going to be a wild success here? No. It's not a guarantee. I'd still say the same thing. I, I will say this, that I feel like South Carolina football will be in a much better spot when he leaves than when he got here. But is it a guarantee we're going to win the SEC title? Is it a guarantee we're going to win a national title? No. None of those things are guaranteed. Is it a guarantee we're going to have even remotely near the success we had in our Spurrier with Beamer? No, I don't think so. Beamer was a roll of the dice. I said that when he was hired, but it was a roll of the dice we needed to take. I agreed with the roll of the dice, but it was a roll of the dice. A guy that had never been a coach before. A guy who had never been a coach before. 
So I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's why I'll say this. That's why I thought, and Coach Ford might disagree, but that's why I genuinely thought that it was smart to bring Satterfield back for this season because right now, right now we're in a good spot. Hey, I love the fact that the entire comment section, that all the heat is being pointed at Marcus Satterfield. Love that. He's the scapegoat right now. He's the scapegoat. If that th- this this next OC has to be the guy. He has to be. Because what will slowly happen is if he's not, let's say you go hire another OC. Let's say he's another no name. Oh, God forbid. Let's say he's another no name. And the offense still isn't dynamic next year and it's boring and it's not clicking. The blame will slowly but surely shift. It'll go up the ladder. It'll say, well, obviously, Beamer just can't identify offensive talent, offensive coaches. He can't identify. He's just known for having bad offenses. It's exactly what happened to Muschamp. So this next OC hire is wildly important. Because, I mean, again, I would just say this. I would just say this. This is not me trying to be right. This is me just giving my honest evaluation. I don't care if you want to blame you think Spencer Rattler's overrated and he's not very good. If you want to say the O-line, if you want to say our talent on the outside's not as good, if you want to blame Satterfield, I don't care who you want to blame. The bottom line is our offense through the halfway point of the season has fallen below the expectations I had for it. And I don't feel like my expectations were all that crazy. I just, I don't think they were all that crazy. The offense has not been what I expected it to be. And there's still a lot of football to go. Hey, the beautiful thing is we're having this conversation and we're four and two. But the offense hasn't been what I expected it to be. It's created, dude, I I back Satterfield coming in the year. And I'm not even sitting here saying that I'm like, I'm a staunch fire sat guy. I'm not saying that. And I don't know who Lady Bree is saying this to. I'm just going to read the comment. You won't see as much watching the games, drinking, and being emotional. You have to go back and watch and rewatch to see things sometimes. I listen to things the players and coaches say and apply that. I, I just... I, 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 I hope you're not talking to me because I don't even drink anymore. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd make that point. Um, anyways, I, the, the offense just hasn't been, again, there's a lot of football left. These next four, obviously, define the season. These are the swing games that you really need. But the offense hasn't been what I thought it'd be. I, I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's even remotely a hot take. It, it just hasn't, you know, I did not expect Spencer Rattler to have five touchdowns and eight picks at the halfway point. That's insane to me. And the fact, like, if you'd have told me over the summer that at the halfway point, Rattler's going to have five TDs, eight picks, and we're going to be minus six in the turnover margin and still be four and two. But with that being said, and Coleman Hall gets me too, I kind of got off track there. I was trying to make a point. I got off track. Because what I was going to say is, like, I'm not trying to be right. I'm just giving you my honest assessment of what I see on the offense in the sense that Whether it's Rattler, the O-line, the playmakers, it's Satterfield, 
I genuinely feel like for the pieces we have on offense, we should be better. That's all I'm saying. That that's I I, I just I pose the question to you. I pose the question. Right? I pose the question. Do you feel like? Do you feel like through six games, we're getting the most out of the players we have on the roster? If you say yes, then I've got nothing to say to you. Fine. If that's what your expectations were, fine. Fine. I thought we'd be getting more out of guys like Jaheim Bell and Josh Van. I, I and, and obviously Rattler himself. I, I just and hey, again, maybe we blow up on Saturday, and maybe the second half against Kentucky, you know, is the is the spark we needed, but it doesn't feel like we're getting the most out of them. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, our ceiling is where Tennessee is. I don't think that's fair to say, but it still just doesn't feel like we're getting the most out of them. I Just my take. Just my take. Uh, anyways, guys, phone lines are open. You, you can call in. I know we're spending the entire day talking Satterfield, and I wish that really wasn't the case, to be honest. Um, I'm really excited I'll say this. Um, Courtney Washington says, Chris, you have to speak how you feel on certain topics, and also if you have inside sources, you have to go off the info you have rather than sugarcoat things. Yeah, I mean, I just, I call it as I see it, man. You know, I have people tell me all the time, Chris, never change, never change, and please don't ever change. I couldn't, guys. I couldn't. I, listen, I, I've, I've, I've worked in the corporate world where I was told what to wear, when to be there, what to say, how to act. I sure as shit didn't get into this to... To have that be the case. I, I say what I say. I speak my truth. If it, if it ever got to a point where I couldn't, if I didn't have creative control, I wouldn't do it anymore. So I'm never going to change. You know, I'm, I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And that's it. And the beauty's in the banter. Whether I'm wrong, whether we disagree, the beauty's in the banter. So. Yeah, I mean, M. Colt. M. Colt, beautiful. Beautifully put. What a poem. He says, it's just a rational conversation by the offense. The offense is underperformed, and even potential recruits see it. Yeah. Lynn Turner says, I'm a Beamer believer. I want to bring in someone new and give them time to build. It took Spurrier six years to have a winning record in the SEC at South Carolina. I'm tired of retreads. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a believer in Beamer as well. And again, it's, it's funny that, you know, it is what it is. We have to say that. It, it, there's just there's just not a lot of patience in college football these days. So, um, Zach attack in the TDC question Shannon Big Cock Club Discord. He says expectations. I didn't think we'd be able to give the ball to all the playmakers that we have on paper, and was hopeful our offense would go off for around thirty and such. We've hit the thirty points per game mark, just not because of offense play majority of the time. And I would say this, let's see where we're at when the dust settles, right? I think two games against, it really three actually, against Georgia State, SC State, and Charlotte have uh, have swayed that number quite a bit. And I know if you're someone like Coach Ford and you said it, it's got to be at 30 points per game in SEC play, 
then you feel much different because, you know, when you factor in, when you average what? Uh, 37, 37, 64. So what are we averaging? 20, 21 points per game. Just a little bit over 21 points per game in three SEC games. Granted, one of those was against Georgia where you scored seven. These final six will tell us all we got to know. That's kind of the way I look at it. When you look at Marcus Satterfield, these final six games, and don't discount Kentucky. That second half was great. But these final six will really tell you everything you need to know. That's it. Especially these next four. And and really, you could throw Tennessee in there, too. Because their defense isn't great. I mean, Tennessee, you're going to have to probably score 40 to have any chance. At minimum, 30. At minimum, 30. So... Anyways, guys, let's see. Travis Allen says, Chris, what's going to be the feel of sad if he calls another bland game and Rat does not protect the ball and we come out with an L? <laughs> uh, Travis, the feel is going to be fire Satterfield. That's what it's going to be. Um, yeah. You, I mean, it, it's just going to be it, – it's it's going to be more of what people are already feeling just at a heightened level. That's, that's what it's going to be. That's all it's going to be. Um, yeah, that's all it's going to be. So – I don't think they're going to make a change midseason or anything, but the heat will be on. There's no doubt. The heat will be on. Caden Gibson says, say what you want about Bell, but he can't catch, and it's shown. And Van isn't as good as Brooks. So you think, yes, what? I'm sorry, I may have missed the last part of the of your statement. Anyways, guys, phone lines are open. Want to continue to hear from you. 843-790-3377. We, uh, I tell you what, we, we, we need kickoff, right? We need a game to talk about because right now we're just, <laughs> we're just beating Satterfield into the ground. Um, so. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't really want to, I don't really want to talk about Sat to that extent, but it's, it is the um, it is the topic of conversation. It is the topic of conversation, no doubt, no doubt. I tell you what really got people going yesterday was uh, well, I was gonna say I don't have to dive into it, but what really got people going yesterday was uh, you know, it, it, it's it's there are certain things, there are certain things that's interesting that will just forever they'll they'll feed they'll for they will forever create banter. Right, like if you want debate, it's like bring up this topic, right, and and we can just forever go on. Like the carry on joiner, for example, the carry on joiner, that will forever be a name and a conversation that creates hella debate. And so, like I posted the quote yesterday from you know Shane Beamer was asked about Dak Joiner, and I mean it's just people still. People still going on and on and on about it. Just still going on and on and on. 
It's just forever one of them things. Forever. I don't know if it'll be after he leaves. We'll still be talking about it, but it'll forever be a debate. Uh, let's see. Jeff Bolton says, no way that Sat, you say he, but I think you mean Satterfield. No way he's back. Beamer would take so much shit if he doesn't make a change. If the offense continues to be putrid and he brings Sat back, I think it's career suicide. I, I, I just really do. I think I, I really, I, not in the sense of like, I'm going to be like, oh, you got to call for Beamer's job. I'm just saying like, it, it's, you're, you're just, you're making your life so much harder. You're making your life so much harder. It's it's like SEC Mike said when he came on our show a couple weeks ago when he said, don't hire your buddies and don't hire your family. That's it. That's it. Caden Gibson says, yes, we are getting the most out of our playmakers other than quarterback. Mm, okay. Caden thinks we're getting the most out of our playmakers just not out of quarterback. Let's see. We got a text here with our offensive talent and weapons. It wasn't an unfair judgment preseason. I think we would have made a giant leap in production from year one to year two. Sat can kick rocks, in my opinion. <laughs> Hopefully he's got a better game plan for A&M with two weeks to prepare. Great show as always. Let's get a damn dub and will he be under the lights? Hell yeah. And that's the, hey, that's the other thing we're not factoring in, by the way. Bye week sat. What, what does bye week sat have up his sleeve? Marcus Satterfield with extra time to get ready is hell on wheels, folks. Hell on wheels. Craig Godwin says, I love DK, but no debate. He's our fifth best receiver and at third, at best, our third best quarterback. Somebody else post. Craig, don't post that on Facebook. You will get crucified. Yeah, trust me. It, it, uh, you will. <laughs> you will. I, I'll tell you this, though, and, and, I, and I will say this. Um, let's see. Somebody commented about. Somebody commented about most. Yeah, here we go. Shulin says DK most selfless player on the team. And I agree, Shulin, but it, but it, but it goes to show it goes to show. And I mean, again, I, I think it was probably a great decision for him when it comes to NIL. I mean, I think he's benefited greatly from that. Um, and, you know, I, I listen, I don't fault him. If Dak Joyner has the self-awareness to know that, hey, playing in the NFL is either something I don't want to do or he just realizes it's something that's probably not in his future, right? Then going somewhere else and being, you know, playing full-time and being a starter – that might not be a priority. You know, it, it, it might, if he has the self-awareness to understand that and say, you know what, it's more beneficial for me and my family to stay in Columbia and benefit from this NIL stuff. The guy's made over six figures from the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Then you know what? Kudos to him. That's a business move. And as a business comma man, I can respect the hell out of Dak Joyner being a business comma man, Right. But when it comes to like loyalty and all that, it's all great and everything. But that's why I said that, you know, you get, and that's why I said about like Luke Doty, like you got to take care of yourself, man. Cause at the end of the day, the team's going to take care of themselves. So you got to take care of yourself. 
Some people might label that as selfish, but if your goal is to get to the next level and you want to play, and I mean, you, you got to look out for you, man. You got to look out for you. School's going to look out for them. You got to look out for you. AJ Bauer says, imagine we pull a 2021 Florida game this Saturday and win by 20 points. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, you never know. You never know. By week, say, we, we, we could be having a totally different conversation this time next week. Totally different. Well, Hunter, there'd be no point in Dak Joyner joining RJ Roger because Dak Joyner's played in, he's played in every game this year, special teams or what have you. Uh, and this is his final year. So this, this is this is it. This season is it for Dak Joyner when it comes to college football. Unless I unless I misunderstood something, I believe this is his final year of college football. So, I mean, listen, man, I, I, I hope he has a moment this year. I, I think it'd be a damn shame if we just go through this entire season and Dak Joyner, you know, never touches the field, finishes with two all-purpose yards or whatever he has like right now. I mean, it'd be a shame. It just, it'd be a shame. It'd be a shame. And again, it's one of those things that, like I mentioned, it will just, It'll always move the needle. It'll always move the needle uh, because he's a guy that has a skill set, has a skill set that, um, you know, most just feel like has not been utilized. Just bottom line. So, yeah, anyways. AJ Bowers, yeah, if we win by 20, my guy, I, I will be the, – the, the Aggie pack will be smoked. <laughs> the Aggie pack. My guy, Zach Attack, and uh, – in the TDC Questions channel says, by week sat, Rebecca called in, and it's a night game. All good signs. I agree. I agree. I agree. Anyways, guys, again, phone lines are open. Appreciate y'all, your love and support. Uh, check out the store, by the way, tsus.store, tsus.store. Surprised it's not a uh, a sellout yet. I, I actually am. I'm surprised it's not a sellout. I know the fair's in town. I don't know if that really, if that deters people. You wouldn't think that deters people from, from showing up. But, you know. I don't know. We will, we will see, I guess. But uh, I, I think it'll be a great crowd. I think it'll be a great, great crowd uh, on Saturday night. Hunter Kelly, it is sold out. Where are you seeing that? Where are you seeing? Did, did, did Gamecock football post something and I missed it or, or what? Because I haven't seen officially that it's a sellout. Unless I missed something, I haven't seen that. Lynn Turner says, parking is a nightmare during fair week. Heath Hagler says, I'm saving the last cigar in my humidor for the day Sat gets fired. Yeah, I, I tell you this, Heath, now that I'm, I'm a big stogie guy, obviously, I need to get me a humidor. Maybe we'll, we'll hit up the, uh, the Carolina Cigars, folks. I need to get, like, a personalized custom humidor, like, with the TSUS logo on it or my name on it or something. Uh I've never really felt the need. I'm like, you know, I always thought kind of keeping a humidor was a little aggressive, but nah, bro. I mean, keep the sticks on deck, man. Keep the sticks on deck. Why not? Why not? 
Why not? John Rice is not sold out. Per sources. Not sold out. Tickets remaining in East Upper and 301, 309. I, I still expect it to be a great crowd, though. I think Seawells will be jumping, guys. Come on out, spot 78. We'll be out there. Going to be a real good time. The Beamer Ball towels will be for sale. You know, normally I'd be telling you guys, hey, get your orders in by the end of the day. Uh, the reason I'm not saying that is because I am currently out. We are out of Beamer Ball towels. I'm picking up, uh, a, a stocking up on them on Friday. So we'll have them, of course, at the tailgate. But uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all been buying up the towels. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but we've sold them to about 1,000 towels. So I really do appreciate it, man. It's incredible, the love, the support. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome, truly. So it's awesome. John Rice says, C. Wells is going to be insane. Yeah, it should be uh, – hold on, let's see. Even though that's not the sound. We got to get my guy Mitch West on here, man. Mitch Weather. Like, what's the what's the weather? What's the weather going to be like this weekend? Eh? What's the weather? Let's see. Let's see here. See if my guy Mitch was in here, he could just go ahead and tell me. We, I wouldn't have to go to weather.com and all that. Let's see. Saturday. Oh, beautiful. High of 74. Oh, just beautiful. High of 74. Low of 48. Little five mile an hour wind. Per, literally a perfect night for football. Perfect night. Going to be beautiful all weekend. Mid 70s all weekend. Mid 70s all weekend, though. Be nice and brisk at kick. Love that. Hoodie season is back, right? Little, little long sleeve season, right? Might not even need a hoodie. Just get you a long sleeve. I'll have probably the Beamer Rattler longs. I don't know what I'll wear yet. Maybe we do crack out a hoodie. We might crack out a hoodie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. John Rice, Krispies before, Stogie's after. Yeah, looking forward to eating some of uh some of Carrie's game day cookies. Looking forward to that, John. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. A little football-shaped cookie. Love that. Yeah, Heath Hager, I do need a TSUS humidor. That is correct. Yes. A.J. Bowers, taking my shirt off, going to paint. Going to paint my upper body for the game. Really? A.J., if you do that, I need a picture. We need a picture. I'll throw it on social media. Need a picture. Need a picture. John, you, you, you cooking up any brisket for the weekend, my guy? That brisket was, was phenomenal. I, I'll say that. That brisket was phenomenal. H-Man, line of scrimmage game. It'll be won and lost on both lines. Probably the best chance we had to beat A&M, though. I agree with you 110%. I, I really do. I mean, listen, A&M, they want to run the ball. We want to run the ball. Run the ball, stop the run. That's it. It'll come down to run the ball, stop the run. I mean, it's, it's cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. And I think that that will certainly be the case in this game. Age of Hours, I am dead serious, especially if you put Beamer Ball or Beamer Rattler or whatever somewhere on your body. If you do that, I will absolutely, absolutely uh, throw you on social media, my guy. Absolutely. No question. Why would I not do that? Why would I not do that? Yeah. If you paint your body, yeah, I'm going to throw you on social media. No doubt. No doubt. Beamer ball. Shelton brisket ain't barbecue. Bro, what? Dude, food Twitter, food people. Bro, there's steak one time on Twitter. I'll never do that. Steak Twitter's the worst. Hunter, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, that's much, man. Uh, yeah, so I gotta, this is uh, kind of an off topic. It's not about South Carolina, but do you think, uh, so say if uh, Tennessee, you know, Say hypothetically they do beat Georgia at home, 
and uh, they go to the championship, uh, and Clemson still goes, you know, undefeated. Do you think they'll ever both play each other in the championship? Clemson and Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, I think it's possible. If they both if they both make it, I think it's certainly possible. I don't, I don't know. You know, I can't I, – I won't guarantee it'll happen, but it's possible, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And in that case, I'd yeah, love to see yeah. the stadium sink into a sinkhole. I don't, I don't know who I'd pull for. No, I'd pull for Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could happen. could happen. Yeah, that'll be a good game for sure. I'm, I'm definitely going to go out to the – buy some tickets for the game and hope, uh, hopefully Clemson loses. Hopefully so, yes. Hopefully so. It's always a good day when they uh, do. So, so do, you, do you think we have the advantage to beat Clemson at, at, at home or, you know, at their home uh, this, this year? I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I, I picked Carolina to beat Clemson over the preseason. Uh, right now, gun to head, I would pick Clemson to win the game. And, uh, you yeah. know, unfortunately, I think Clemson does have it clicking on offense. I think DJ is playing much better than I expected. And, uh, no, I, I think Clemson has the advantage at their place, no doubt. I mean, again, we'll cross that bridge and we get to it. Rivalry week's always a fun time. But, uh, you know, realistically, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to see Clemson – I mean, I think if the game were this weekend, I think the spread, you'd probably see Clemson being a 17-point favorite, something like that. I mean, I, that just re- – realistically, I mean, that's just that's just where where they are, so. Yeah, no, that's, that's understandable, especially from last year of what happened. I mean, yeah, that's very understandable, yeah. especially yeah. for playing at Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, hopefully hopefully for the best this weekend against Texas A&M. I mean, hopefully we'll run the ball and then we'll, yeah. you know, throw the ball at least. Yeah, that's why I said we'll cross that bridge and we'll get to him, my man. A great opportunity this weekend. And I know we're having a lot of debate and discussion and banter about the offense and this, that, whatever. But bottom line is this. I, I don't care if, if you got to ride your defense. If you can get a dub this weekend, that's all that matters, man. So, night game under the lights. You, right. you, you feel good about it. You feel good about it. You feel like you, uh, you know, you got a great opportunity at victory this weekend. So, uh, would be would be huge to get this dub and move to five and two. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We're we're having a family get together and everything, and watching the game this weekend. So Beautiful. we're uh, car- we're carving pup- pumpkins and all that kind of stuff. So for the Beautiful. kids and everything. Love to hear that, my guy. Yep. It should be a good time. And uh, well, one more question. Uh, what, what do you think about the jerseys? What do you think is going to be all white out? Uh, I think you're going to see uh, garnet, big game garnet. That's my garnet? prediction. I, I think okay. we're going to go big game garnet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually talking to one of my uh, sister's uh, husband, and he called me. He was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go all blackout with, uh, against, uh, I think it was like Kentucky or something like that, or the next game they're playing. And the only reason why we're not going uh, all blackout is because apparently Tennessee already pulled blackout. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if the blackout will happen or not at any point this season. I don't know. We'll see. I know a lot of people want to see it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you don't know how much shit talk I get from that freaking Tennessee fan. It's, it's, that's annoying shit. Yeah. But I appreciate it, man. That's all I got. Hunter, you're the man. Appreciate you calling in, man. Thanks so much. No problem. Yeah, Bye. take care. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, let's go ahead and jump into one final break. On the other side, though, I want to continue to hear from you more, your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow.
Hey, we're back. Final seven minutes or so here on The Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls. Guys, again, thank you all so much for tuning in as we sit here on this hump day, on this Wednesday. Be sure to check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Uh, Tuesday, presser takeaways, best bet for Carolina A&M, as well as SEC gambling picks for week eight, and a great combo with my guy J.D. Paquel of On3 Sports. We talk South Carolina football this weekend's game, Shane Beamer, and everything in between. Let me say this, guys. We're spending a lot of time, obviously, to this point, talking about Marcus Satterfield. And uh, I know we've never beaten Texas A&M before, but I feel like we should spend some time this week talking shit about A&M. Is there a bigger cult in college football than Texas A&M? Some would probably argue Clemson, but A&M, dude, dude A&M's weird. Are, are they not? A&M's weird. They're weird. Like we see the we see the uh, the videos of the yell leaders and it, it's weird. They're weird. Texas A&M is weird. They're just weird. They're just weird, dude. They're just weird. Arguably the biggest cult in college football. I don't care if we've never beaten them. I don't care if we never do beat them. That's a fact. Coleman Hall says, A&M strange, but relatively good people across the board. Okay. Lynn Turner says, Tennessee is weird. If there's anybody that agrees with you, it's Dalton. That's for sure. It is Dalton for sure. Uh, just, just, uh, just to let you all know, by the way, Texas A&M will be conducting their midnight yell on the steps of the State House. On Friday night, would hate for about ten to fifteen thousand Gamecocks to show up and uh, and uh, make their presence felt at that ordeal. Just just throwing it. You, you just you'd hate to see it, right? You'd, you'd hate to see it. You'd hate to see it. You might even run into yours truly there, but you'd hate to see it. Really. Anyways. Lady Bree says, are we not a weird cult? <laughs> we keep sticking around, hoping for something that hasn't happened ever. Coleman Hall, I'm not trying to start a riot. I'm just telling you what's happening. They've been advertising it on social media. They've been advertising it. Midnight yell on the, sta- the steps of the state house, my guy. Hey, what you do with that information is up to you. Age of Hours, Chris, can I put TSUS on my body? Going to go all black with white numbers and letters. AJ, again, I would I would love that. That'd be incredible. I would be, I would be, I'd be flattered if you did that. I would. I'd be flattered if you did that. Hunter Johnson, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's us. You know, I, I talked about this yesterday, Hunter. I talked about this yesterday. This game against Texas A&M is almost almost like a microcosm of what South kind of football is as a whole in regards to fighting negative history. That's what we're doing in this game. And I think it's one of the reasons why you see A&M favored. I think it's one of the reasons why you, you talk to people, and, and I think most, if they have to lean one way or the other, they lean the Texas A&M side. It's because the history points to this being a very long Saturday night for South Carolina yet again. 
Does that matter? Does the history mean a whole lot? I guess that's up for you to decide. But uh, it, it's interesting how this game sort of serves as a microcosm of counter football, just fighting negative history. Will we be, we be will we be able to overcome? We'll see. But uh, that's sort of what it feels like. I don't know. That, that's that's kind of what it feels like. Hunter Kelly, I just want South Carolina to play like Georgia. Okay, very well said. Very well said. Um, Coleman Hall says, like, you may not really like them, but they're probably fairly decent. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Coleman, I got nothing against A&M people. I just, I like to talk a little crap every now and then. It's just like, it's funny because we'll spend the entire Clemson week talking shit. Uh, we'll spend Georgia week talking shit, but we haven't really talked a whole lot about A&M, uh, at least on the Daily Crow. Most of it's about us, you know. Most of it's about us. So, I will say, though, I think the key number for Saturday night is 27. You score 27 or more points, I think you got it in the bag. Because you look at A&M offensively, you know, the beauty of this game is that both teams start slow. And I don't think A&M is a team that if you start slow, which, I mean, you have every game this season, I don't think they're a team that's going to make you pay for it. They're, they're not going to run away from you because they're just not good enough and explosive enough offensively to do so. So, you know, I, I think if you can get some things rolling, you can get Marshawn Lloyd in the groove, right? Make some plays in the passing game. 27 or more points, you score 27 or more, I think it's a guaranteed dub. I think it's a guaranteed victory if you can score 27 or more. I just don't think a and be able to keep up. I think your defense will be able to make some plays. And uh, I think it'll be a very fun night if you can do that. Coleman Hall says, if you get four touchdowns and a field goal, you should win every game. I, I don't totally disagree. I mean, sometimes you need more, but I, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Kayshawn, if we win, we're going to be in the top 25. Yeah, I mean, I would say there's a very, very high probability that is the case. Yes. Yes. Travi, appreciate you tuning in, my guy. Thank you so much for the love. Uh, Tyler Noel, the most disappointing 4-2 and two start Carolina football has gotten off to in my lifetime that I remember. With all the talent we have, we've been underwhelming, in my opinion. That's coming from Tyler Noel, and I feel like, though, Tyler, you know what? We haven't really talked about it in that way, but I wonder how many folks feel the same way that you do. I, I, I wonder how many people feel the same way. But the bottom line is this, Tyler, we're four and two. However you want to break it down, however you want to dissect it, however you want to label it, we're four and two. Whether we're the best or the worst four and two team, you know, I had somebody tell me that, man, you know, if Carolina wins the next three, they'll be seven and two. They'll be the worst seven and two team in the country. Do you really think I'd give a damn? The bottom line is you'd be seven and two. Nobody cares how you got there. Nobody cares. You'd be seven and two. So, hey, the goal is to be five and two after Saturday night. I don't care if you're the best or the worst five and two team in the history of college football, just be five and two. We'll worry about all the fluff and all the details. I'd rather be the worst five and two team in the country than be the best two and five team in the country, right? Like, who cares? Just win. Just win. That's it. 
Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank y'all so much for the continued love and support. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Stay tuned. Daily Crow every single day this week, noon to 2. And, of course, check out the podcast version of TDC in case you missed anything in any of our conversations. You can find those on YouTube as well. Guys, again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. Y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.